Welcome to Wine Not, a podcast by SA Winos for our monthly wine club members. In this season, we'll be drinking Misha Estates wines, and we're kicking off the first episode with their 2020 Sauvignon Blanc. I'd like to welcome my co-host, Francois, live on location at the SA Winos warehouse located in South Austin. Francois, how are you? I'm doing well, Brian. I like the live on location. Right. right? Like, I'm here almost every weekend on location. <laughs> Normally, we don't do the podcast out here, but I think it's going to become kind of a tradition. We might even, uh, if you're in the warehouse at the time of recording, we might even draw you in on the podcast. So, uh, at well, least not my, definitely going to. I just need to remember the headphone splitter for next time. Yeah, I, I think I think we can work something out. I may send you a, a couple of links to maybe get some like bookshelf speakers so that we can broadcast the podcast. Good idea. Awesome. Well, uh, what can you tell us about uh, this this wine that we're we're drinking today, and uh, maybe a little bit about um, you know uh, Sauvignon Blanc? I know we we've had this is I think our third one or second yep. one. I think it's the second one. Okay, um, and we had the Rhino Run mm-hmm. in in March, but now we're doing uh, Misha in April. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, I'll repeat some of the facts on the Sauvignon Blanc in a second. But as far as the as it goes. Um, Misha is run by Gary and Andrew Barnes. Um, they are brothers, and they have been making wine for quite some time. Uh, I believe it's somewhere right around 40 years. Prior to making wine, this was actually a vineyard nursery. So they would start vines at this vineyard and sell them to other Um So... I thought that was kind of neat. They're the first vineyard nursery to turn into a wine maker. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, other thing is, Sauvignon Blanc in general, right? What we've discussed in past episodes, it's, uh, there's kind of two flavor profiles that you're looking for in Sauvignon, um, both derived from the yeast. And you can either go kind of citrus melon or you can go peppery. And I think this is a really good balance of citrus melon. It's definitely not peppery. Um, and now, what you're, you're going to want to do when you're saying sorry. peppery, are you talking like bell peppery? Or are you talking like spicy peppery? Well, so it's interesting. It depends on the soft blanc. And I think it probably has something to do with the acidity. Uh, some of them lean more towards green pepper, but I have had some that tastes like jalapeno. Oh, wow. Um, and not, not, not the heat component, but the green component of a jalapeno pepper, right? Or a serrano pepper even. Mm-hmm. Because to me, bell pepper has a very distinct flavor. Um, Serrano, bell, sorry, Serrano jalapeno, your kind of hotter peppers, that that green skin is, mm. is more intense, but mm. the same flavor, very similar. So, um, yeah, I mean, this one, I, I think it's a little bit more citrusy to me, but to everybody else, you know, kind of give it a taste. I, I think one of the fun, fun kind of things on the back of the Misha bottles is they tell you how many bottles were produced. So every one of these um, comes in cases of six and they only produced a thousand, 1100 cases uh, of this wine. So you're one of, you know, 6,000 bottles out there that you're going to be tasting uh, in distribution. And uh, we have quite a bit of it here at the warehouse. We probably have about 200 cases um, I would highly recommend if you're interested in this wine, if you like Sauv Blanc, don't sleep on this. It's a very, very economical uh, Sauv Blanc. Other places, if you get it from, it's funny because they grow their grapes in Wellington, Cape Town. 
uh, but a lot of good Sauv Blanc comes from Wellington, New Zealand. Right. So um, if you were to buy this from Wellington, say Wellington, New Zealand, uh, you'd probably pay 30 bucks a bottle. It is that good. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of this one. This is one of my favorite go-to Sauv Blancs. Want to get it really cold before you have it. Um, that's kind of the key. If you do, if it, if it's a day where it's hot and it sits out and it gets a little temperate, it's okay. It still tastes really good. You're just going to get a little bit more intensity um, from that, like peppery. You know, it's not going to be as refreshing, but it's still a very good wine. I would agree. Um, so, I've taken my sip, but my opinion does not matter as much as my lovely wife, who is drinking along with us on this episode. Uh, Avery, what are your tasting notes? What do you What do you like about this wine? What do you maybe find interesting about it? So, first of all, there isn't a Misha wine that I've tried that I haven't absolutely loved. Um, this one is, like Francois said, super refreshing, number one. But number two, there's almost something in it. Like, it's got that citrusy taste, but it's kind of mild citrus. It's not like heartburn citrus. Um, and there's almost something in it that reminds me of a really good Chardonnay. I don't know what that would be, but... Mm -hmm. There's almost that, like, kind of almost butteriness to it. You know, and I, I I will have to ask, and I'll come back next month to report. Um, we, we were, full transparency, trying to get um, Andrew to come onto the cast. He's been very busy as of late. Couldn't make it work this week. Um, we'll have him on for future Misha releases, but I would not be surprised if this sees a little bit of fresh French oak. Either... In, in barrels, which is a little bit more intense, I'd imagine it's probably just oak chips that they throw into the, the final fermentation. I So one thing that I would definitely agree with, that I think that Chardonnay thing that we're picking up, it's like the the, the mouthfeel. It gives that like kind of a slick mouthfeel or that like kind of co coats the tongue as it goes across rather than like that spiky, highly acidic uh, that you get from 100%. New Zealand, uh, New Zealand soft blancs. Uh, I really enjoy this. I like the kind of... I don't want to say funk, but there is a little bit of funk that you're getting in, but it's like, it's that perfect, like lemon zest funk. You know what I mean? It's, it's really, really good and refreshing. Probably the best descriptor I can give this wine, especially as cold as it is right now. This wine is phenomenal. I feel like this is the perfect time of year for the, like the spring yes. 75 degree, just sitting out on the porch. Like this is, yeah, this is it. No doubt about it. I'll say one thing. When I joined, I did ask if, you know, well, you hadn't tasted it yet. I was tasting mine to make sure it was cold enough because it had only been in the fridge for about 45 minutes. It's not as cold as it should be. So definitely, if you're going to drink this and you have 45 minutes, toss it in the freezer. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot colder. Um, with that being said, what I did ask you guys is when you taste it, did you get the funk? And Brian got it. He got it more of like a lemony funk. Yeah. To me, it was like, I don't know if you've had funky cheese and then you take a breath after to me, it was like that flavor, right? Like, or if you breathe through your nose after you had funky cheese, like there's this particular funk to it. Um, that is so called, that, that's called retro nasal is what you're describing. So for the, for the real tasting nerds out there, the I don't know that I the taste nose. the funk, but I do smell it. Like I do. I, I agree. I, I smelled the funk when you said blue cheese before we started. I was like, okay, I kind of had it in my mind already. Then when I smelled it, I kind of found it. But at the same time, you know, like we've talked about before, like you, your tasting experience is whatever you've had that day. So whether you've had spicy food at lunch and you do a wine tasting, your taste may be a little bit different. 
today I did a big no-no. I smoked a cigar around noon today. Uh, so my my taste buds are kind of they're 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 trying to figure out which way is up and down. However, um, there's still the flavors of this wine are coming through, and they are quite enjoyable, even with cigar breath. Yeah, I mean, I'll give I'll give Sauve Blanc in South Africa is its own thing, and if you're used to your New Zealand style, American style Sauvignon Blanc, um, it, don't throw throw it out the window, right? As far as the book goes, it's a very similar book, but be open to the new flavors because we we don't necessarily make Sauvignon Blanc like everybody else, and never will. Um, it's not something that you know in our kind of you know wine culture down there wine making culture uh, they're striving for they want to be unique and i would say this is probably as close to a new zealand style sauve as i've had um from south africa but it still has weird you know not weird but different different uh, tasting notes yeah uh, it's it's not grapefruit it's not melon it's not you know that orange zest that you get out of some of those which yeah. just to me it sometimes can be very overpowering yeah, I was gonna say there are layers of flavors in here, uh, which I think we had on that Rhino Run Sauvignon Blanc as well. It was something we we picked apart and and, and yeah, that brought was a little grassier mm-hmm. and a little more, you know, it, it was a totally different experience. You got yep. a little bit more green bell pepper. I don't get any bell pepper in this. Not None. at all. None. Yeah, as yeah. as a Sauv Blanc drinker in the summer. I would say like this is, I mean, like I said, it's perfect. There's no heartburn, acidity to it. It just is. It's like so soft and smooth, and it's really good. Yeah, I'm enjoying the mouthfeel on this wine. It's it coats the entire mouth and leaves it leaves it quickly because you would expect it to kind of sit around like a Chardonnay, but it doesn't. It just goes away. And just as we wrap here, I wanna I wanna totally agree with with what Avery just said. So she said it's not acidic, like heartburn acidic. And I always define white wines by whether or not they can give me heartburn. <laughs> And this is one that I can drink a whole bottle of, and I won't have that problem. Right. Um, I I enjoy that. I think when you when you do taste some of the other ones that are a little bit more, and we have those too. Um, some of those to me are like a glass, maybe two by the pool. Mm-hmm. Man, just keep it cold, keep it flowing. Like it's a great wine. So let me ask this before we go. I have to address kind of some some wine wine do's and don'ts here. Okay. Where do you stand, Francois, on ice in white wine? I wouldn't put it in the white wine, mm-hmm. but I would. I, here's a little trick, okay? And people, it, it takes a little bit of time, but it's totally worth your time. Um, if you have a bucket of ice, right, and you add water to it, toss salt into it. Dissolve the salt in the water, then add the ice. That, that water temp is going to be about 29 degrees Fahrenheit, Okay. Because that's what salt does. So toss that in, get that water temp to that, you know, 29 degrees or whatever, then put your wine in, then spin that bottle, right? For about five minutes, just spin it. And it, it's not, you don't have to like, you know, but you want to agitate the liquid in the bottle to be sure that it gets the temperature in five minutes. That wine will be cold as and you can drink it. Um, yeah. Sorry. That was the first cuss word on why not, but it's a descriptor. Uh, in any case, it'll be cold enough to drink and that's what you're looking for. So I would highly suggest, um, instead of adding ice, which mm-hmm. seems like a quick fix, mm-hmm. it's a diet liquor. Um, I would, I would do this method instead. It's what they do at spec stores. 
They've got that little chiller mm-hmm. vortex, right, that you can put your wine in and they say, come back in five minutes, it'll be cold. They're not lying. Um, it does get cold enough to drink after five minutes, but it's just because the water is being agitated around it and mm-hmm. it's not ever increasing in temperature. You know, that thermal barrier is never being formed to, you know, slow the, the cooling. So. Well, see, that's the information that we look for. Uh, I mean, we try to give uh, good, good advice, good, good, uh, good wine stewardship advice here on why not, uh, Francois. If last wine stewardship, yes, okay, last one because I've seen this and um, it it doesn't it doesn't bother me, but I, I just it, it's disappointing because people like they get a worse experience the next time they open the bottle. If you're not going to finish a bottle, which by all means you don't have to. Get yourself one of two things, okay? Get one of the 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 vino pumps, right? Mm-hmm. With the the vacuum, the, the vacuum sealer, yeah, mm-hmm. thing. Uh, they've got their own little special plastic corks that you can toss in there, and you know you ex- or rubber corks, and you can extract the air. Uh, those work. They're really good for if you know you want to extend the shelf life about a day or two. If it's going to be anything more than a day or two, get yourself that same thing, but get an argon spray bottle. Spray some argon gas into your wine bottle. Wait like 20, 30 seconds. Then do the Vino a vacuum extractor. Um, that argon gas is inert. It's going to go settle right on top of the wine. As you pump out, you're going to be pumping out oxygen, maybe a little bit of argon, but everything that's going to be remaining in that bottle is argon. Um, and that you can technically leave on the shelf for about two weeks, but I would still consume within seven days. Um, it's kind of... You don't. You don't. You also don't want argon gas sitting on top of your wine for forever. You know, right. Forever. Yeah. It 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 works for a good you know fourteen day shelf life or so. See again, providing information about wine and wine drinking, Francois. If uh, the listeners want to learn more about SA Winos or how to get more Misha wines, uh, where can they go? Yeah. So uh, definitely follow us on Facebook and Instagram if you don't already do. Um, we regularly announce what's going on here in our South, South Austin location. Um, we're actually this upcoming weekend of, uh, Mother's Day weekend and derby races and everything. We're throwing a big barbecue or as we refer to it in Afrikaans, a braai. Um, so we'll be throwing a braai here at the warehouse. Uh, if that's something you want to be kept abreast of and whatnot, definitely sign up for the newsletter at sawinos.com. Uh, sign up, uh, follow us on all the social medias. Uh, if you are inclined to join our wine club, do go to sawinos.com. There is a membership application on there where you can check out resident or non-resident for you know the state of Texas. Uh, and we will ship your wines to you uh, for whichever release is upcoming. So um, that's going to be the easiest way. If, if you are in South Austin, do stop by our location. It's free wine tastings. Um, again, you don't have to pay for the wine. We just ask that if you like it, buy a couple bottles. So, um, all in all, that's it for the first episode of the April release uh, of the SA Winos Wine Club. Uh, join us on the next one where we'll be tasting the La Famille Merlot by Misha Estate. It's 2019 Merlot, only 2,200 cases made. Um, so, yeah, join us when you're ready for that one. <laughs>